This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hey everyone, before we kick off with the episode... Here's just a little edit from our conversation before we started the interview. Bex is um, getting a little something off her chest. Well, I, th- I think the overriding fact is the same for most things in life. Don't be a twat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't be a dick about yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, right, should we get down to business? Let's get down to business. Always oh, Mulan, Mulan. Yes, I love that. Donny Osmond. Love it. <laughs> Do you know what? I sing that um, most episodes just about now when we faffed around and yeah. Laura just completely ignores me. She does what she's doing now, completely ignores me. Oh, I'll sing the rest of the song with you. Yeah. Defeat, Defeat the, the Huns. Huns. Shine yes. sin of daughters. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are lucky enough to be joined here in the studio by Laura Gallagher. Is it Gallagher? That yes, Gallagher. Okay, cool. And Laura cool. Buckingham. Oh, oh, come on, Laura, you're here every week. Can't get rid of you. Um, and Laura, you wrote a book, Robo Mummies. Robo yeah, Baby. Robo Babies, yes. You are the Robo Mummy. Oh, nearly, you, you are nearly the ro- I so nearly yeah, nailed that. I know. You've, you've done good. Yeah, no, Robo Babies, yeah, yeah. And when was it released? So it was released in August this year, so a couple last of months year, ago. Mate, last year. Oh, God, yeah, last year. Yeah. Is it better? Better than Laura's book? Let's just get that elephant out of the room. You know what? It's couldn't be further from Laura's book. Okay. But I mean but I, yes, I've obviously better. read Laura's book. <laughs> I mean, it's better if you're five years old. Yes. Okay. But you know, right. a five year old would definitely not, love it more. You're not comparing apples with apples here. I get you. No. Get what you're <laughs> so but, tell um, us a little bit about yeah. what it's what it is about. So Robo Babies is a book that is kind of an entry point. This <laughs> is going to sound a bit weird, but to explain to children how different ways babies are born into the world. Okay, so obviously I had a son by IVF and I felt that I was a bit blindsided when I realised I had to have fertility treatment. Mm. So I was... And it's funny that we've been talking about Disney and stuff like that because I grew up, I grew up thinking that I knew a lot about everything, and I obviously loved kind of Disney, and I used to read all the time. Like I read so much. My mum said I was always with a book, but 
how did I not know that you might struggle to have a family? How did I not know that you would ever not have a baby? I, I, that wasn't in my, um, just wasn't in my knowledge. And I, I'm no not one a clever, talks about it. Yeah, yeah no I'm, one... not, I'm not, I'm not like a clever person or anything, but I'm like, I, I thought that would be something that would be quite, you know, somewhere in my education that I would have been told at some point. So I thought that it would be really nice. And to be honest, at the time, I mean, there are obviously a few books out there that do kind of deal with these subjects. But when uh, my son Rafe was first born, I wanted to buy a book that would that I could read to him as he was growing up to help him understand where he came from and how he was conceived and what the what journey we went on to um, journey using the word journey, what journey we went on to um, to have him. And mm. there wasn't really anything. I mean, I don't want to sound mean, but I didn't want to use the whole sperm and egg analogy. Oh, it's so overused, isn't it? Yeah. That boring (laughs) old sperm and egg story. We've all got it. It's friendly, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, I mean, that's just opened up another can of worms. And I just thought, you know what? It has to be something simpler. And really, it is quite simple. And and when you read it, you'll realise it's kind of not... um, it's broad and it's basically saying that you might need help it's about fundamentally you know the journey that you're going on and you might have struggles you might need help you might need help from someone else um you may need help from machines you may need help from science but you will be able to make your family whether it's biologically your family or whether it's a family that you adopt or someone else carries that you know so yeah but it's done in a way that um that just helps explain all the different the different avenues. So it deals with surrogacy, um, IVF, adoption, uh, donor egg, and we talk about there's a, there's a few kind of illustrations with um, twins and triplets. And I mean, it's, it's such I, I a do gorgeous really, book. I'm it, it, well, I'm just yeah, gonna go thanks. and grab it because I want to read a bit. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's so cool. It's, I mean, Laura can cut this, but. I'm going to draw a line there. Yeah, I was going to read a bit from the book, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, do, do, do. Okay, this is, I lo- it's all lovely and the pictures are beautiful, um, which for the benefit of the podcast, it, you know, there is no benefit to the podcast, but I'll just show you <laughs> how bright and colourful it is. Awesome. Um, but at the end, oh, it's just so lovely. Actually, I like the last three pages, but I'll just read you the last page. So it says... So the next time you look up at the night sky, look very closely. You might be lucky enough to see that sparkling metal planet spinning in space with all its robots and their wonderful Bobo babies. It's very sweet. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So what you're fundamentally doing is opening up a conversation, opening up a dialogue, sorry, Laura, for little ones. And what better time to kind of do yeah. that than when it's they're not so unjudgmental to, to tell them all of these things about miscarriage and loss and infertility and going into yeah exactly but this mm. this does it in a way that that means that there is no normal and yeah that anything goes yes. and that's okay yeah but you you wouldn't have any idea like how I mean obviously I work in in a school and I work in a boys school so there's just there's just boys there and 
they I mean I'm, I hope they are not listening but they haven't they haven't even got the book in their classrooms even though they know that I've got an IVF baby and I know for a fact in every classroom because I've you know each teacher has come to me and gone oh so and so in this class their mum did um surrogacy you know but we're just gonna kind of you know and you think well this is the whole reason why why are you whispering to me why are you why are you almost embarrassed to say like why don't we celebrate that why don't we go oh you know read the book out loud then that child knows they're you know they're totally fine I don't know I just it's it's annoying that even now even with this book I mean I went to a shop in a, a seaside town near where I live Walton on the Nays no offence to any, Walton on the Nays, I love it, absolutely love it. I went into a bookshop there and I was looking around, there's some beautiful books. I bought loads for my son and then I kind of did like something that I'd never done before and I was like, I've actually written a book. Um, I'd love to see it in your shop. And she, was, and she was like, oh, let me have a look. And she looked on the database and she was like, oh no, we don't have that sort of thing in, in, the ta- in this town. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? And she was like, well, you know, or oh, oh, IVF and, and things like that. And I was just thinking, what? that is that is what's wrong with the world. Because oh, my God. You're an old lady, no offence, but you don't know. No yeah, one's you don't told know. you. No yeah. one's, and it's the generational thing. So wow. she's obviously embarrassed that anyone would have used any sort of different con- like conception to have their baby. And I was so annoyed slash kind of validated with what I'm trying to yeah. say mm. and what I'm trying to fight for is that, that's the problem you won't yeah. have it in your shop because you think that that is but it's like one in I think it's like one in seven or one that have fertility issues so mm-hmm. that means that you know out of the seaside town of Walton Lakes, there's going to be lots of people that have either struggled to have children have had to use a different assisted conception yeah. or can't have children at all when we've had to go down a different route and I, I, it kind of annoyed me, really. And I'm she was sure like, maybe try in London. She said, London, try London. <laughs> oh, yes, so everyone goes to London to, like... To buy their books about... Yeah. Buying... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. This is what we need to work on. But when you talk to children about anything to do with this or racism or homosexuality, mm. they accept it. Mm. They go... All right. Okay, cool. So children yeah. are not born with prejudice and they are not born with shame and they are not born with all of these things. That 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 is learnt behaviour. And yeah. if you learn a behaviour, you can unlearn it. And all you need to do is have the open mindedness and the willingness to educate yourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And a, a bookshop that's, that's local to you that sells the book. That's not <laughs> Walt, Walton on Dick. What's it called? <laughs> Sorry, anyone I mean, who lives. I mean, it's a nice place. It's Sorry, a nice place. I bet oh, if it's any consolation, I bet that woman in the bookshop's not listening. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Yeah. You want to talk about what? <laughs> oh, all that. Um, Laura, what I wanted to say is that video that you put on Instagram the other day, oh, my oh, goodness, yeah. it made me blub. So it was the day that you got home from the hospital and you opened up the box with your books in. So it was the first 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 copy that you'd got your hands on of your yeah. own book. But you yeah. just arrived home from the hospital. Yeah. So oh God. Tell us about that. That, that so 24 hours before that moment, 
I'd I'd obviously found out I was pregnant that week and so hang on hang on rewind rewind oh right should I rewind you struggled to have you struggled to conceive then had IVF and had Rafe yeah didn't think that you could fall pregnant naturally no and then this happened so I've had so I've had two miscarriages since the IVF since my baby's been born and they've both been ectopic (gasps) which was I don't know I I, like I think me me and Laura spoke about this I the first ectopic which was a year ago I definitely was I wasn't expecting it because I didn't realize I could get pregnant naturally because we'd done the IVF so the first time I was a bit like oh okay I'm, I'm not, okay I'm pregnant and then and then obviously went and had a scan they found that the you know it was in the tube and I lost the baby naturally and I was just so <laughs> I was just shocked and but also it had been a year since Rafe had been born so I was like oh it, it's, it's fine I'll just kind of get over that you know I didn't I didn't think for one second that I would be I don't know I don't I don't really think you understand what baby loss feels like till you're actually in it. Mm. But I think also you can't it you can't know how you're going to feel. So I think that first time I was like, okay, um, I'll you know I'll deal with that later. I'm just going to move on. And this time, um, it happened July, so during the during the lockdown and with COVID and everything. And I don't know whether it was because it was the second one I don't know whether it's because of all of this COVID and I was on high alert but it's it was just horrendous I had to go into hospital and have my left tube removed and obviously going into hospital by yourself um I was so scared I I was just I didn't know whether they were going to take both tubes because they weren't sure what was damaged but they realised that it was the left tube for both of the pregnancy losses. So the day that my books got sent to my house, um, the publisher actually messaged me and he didn't know what was going on. And he was like, oh, there's a surprise for you outside. But at that point, I was at the hospital and they were, bas- they were basically telling me, look, we have, to, we have to operate. You have to do an emergency laparoscopy. Um, you know, and I'm crying and they're just they're just looking at me like this is what we have to do. I had to have a COVID test in the little room. Um, mm. I was just I was just hysterical. I just at, couldn't believe it. At that point, did you were you at the point where you knew you were pregnant, but you didn't know it's ectopic? Were you there for routine yeah. scan or had you had pain? No. Or? So I'd found out I was pregnant a few days before. Mm-hmm. And because I I don't know about you guys, but. I mean, pregnancy for me just is equals anxiety. I think because of the IVF and because I, for nine months, I was so anxious that it, when we did IVF, we it was our first round that worked and it was our only embryo. So we didn't have anything in the freezer and it was the no. only one that got to day five. It was the only one that was good enough. So when they put the embryo back in and I was pregnant, I just couldn't relaxed for the whole nine months I had high blood pressure I mean I was like a balloon because I was just I was just taught with like stress like I look at pictures of myself and I I'm smiling but I'm just so anxious Mm. and I think when I got pregnant the first time 
and it was at topic I'm I'm I there was relief because I thought oh gosh I don't think I can I can do pregnancy but this time round you know July just gone I felt that I could have done it I felt that it was it could have been ready it could have been a good I, I felt ready so yeah I but because of the anxiety I thought I'm just going to have a really early scan so it was seven weeks and we paid to just go to um a private scan mm. and me me and Jack, my husband went and we were just like in the car like put the musicals on we were just you know going to the scan we we're really excited got there and I thought I've had one ectopic so it's not going to happen again but I'm just going to get checked anyway because I'm not going to keep going keep going and have a 12-week scan and then the man was just like oh that picture of the scan and there's just nothing in it he's yeah. just like there's nothing here and I was like well I've had a, I've got a pro- positive pregnancy test and he was like hold on and then like went to the side and then there's this little sack in the tube and you know I was just I couldn't I, I couldn't breathe and obviously I had a mask on as well yeah. and I was just looking up to the sky I just I just was like what like are you serious god like I actually said I screamed I was like are you serious god because I felt so sure that it was okay mm-hmm. and I I yeah it just it just flipped me over the edge and it was six months ago now but I can honestly tell you I I probably still feel exactly the same as I did it hasn't it hasn't gone like I haven't I haven't got over it and it's I thought I would yeah. I, I don't know I don't know I know there's no time limit for it but it's it's really affected me and I that's why I kind of think it's so important the work that you're doing and because baby loss isn't like the two weeks after like no. after I'd had the surgery and I came home and everyone was like sending flowers and well wishes and actually I thrived on that because I was like okay cool like you know looking after me and you're being supported and the sun was shining in July and it was beautiful wasn't it and and now I here I am in kind of December January just on the tail end with a glass of wine just feeling still the same just a glass (laughs) not a bottle (laughs) I says I need to stop but it's 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 not I can't I can't believe that it's affected me so bad and I'm almost embarrassed that it's and this is another thing, you know, I've, I've got a baby, so I've already got a child and I didn't think I would feel like this. I know we've spoken about this, Laura, where you you have a child and then you go, why should I feel bad about, you know, I feel like people almost look at me like, oh, at least you've got Rafe. And it's like, yeah, it's got nothing to do with him. It's got nothing to do with it is Rafe. A totally, it's a totally it's separate, a separate thing. thing. I've, got, yeah. you know, I've got three kids and when I had a miscarriage... People said that to me. They said, concentrate on your kids, you know, as if I was going to mm. just completely forget about them. Mm. And it's, it, but it, you cannot explain that it is such a different thing. Mm. It's, a, yeah. But as well, I don't agree with people. There's a, like a, a well known thing saying, oh, which of your children could you live without? I don't know that I necessarily agree with that kind of sentiment because that's not the same either. But it's no. just this. Yeah this feeling that you have that it's just you just feel broken and yeah so sad it's just it's the saddest in my life I've ever been just having everything ripped away and for you that must have been horrendous to go through this kind of the emotional hormonal thing that is IVF and then Mm. to have that hope ripped away from you yeah I think as well like losing the tube 
I know that it sounds really silly because I've done lots of research and you can get pregnant with one tube, but it was almost, I felt with the IVF, that was like the last resort. And if we did Mm. want another baby, it would be via IVF again. And we'd already resigned to the fact that it would be us three and we were fine with that. So I was at the time going, why has this happened? What is the point? Because now I'm pregnant. I've been pregnant twice more. They've, I've lost them both. Now I've lost them more of my, uh, like, you know, fertility in losing, yeah, but bits. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. And I just, I just felt, the thing is I, I went through a massive um, slope downwards where I couldn't get past why it happened and, and what it was for because I, there was nothing good has come from it. But then this is where I then had to turn around and, and think, well, something has to come from it. And it's things doing things like this. And mm. but going back to your original question about the books, I got home from the hospital that day um, and I was like carrying tissues and I was carrying my ectopic pack that they'd given me with all the questions and answers in it. And then I looked down and, and the box was there and I was just like, is this happening like hold on a second this is supposed to be a joyous day this is the day my books arrived this is the day the book I've written and and I couldn't even like Rafe wasn't there because obviously I'd been in hospital Joe was just like holding me and I was opening the book shaking and and then I just yeah I just completely broke down and that's the video that I kind of posted on Instagram because that moment for me is is like no other moment because I was so happy but I then knew that the next day I was going to hospital to have surgery and I I don't know what I did that night but I just I think I stayed awake all night just going yay the book's here oh I've got to go into hospital tomorrow and I think since the book's come out I've thrown myself into the book and the publisher is like Laura you've worked harder than any other author and he was like but Laura you need to stop and and look what's happened because you're running yourself to the ground Mm. and baby loss I think it's like a journey of emotions it Mm. you sometimes you know I think I was angry and then I was really sad and then I was like but I was like eating loads and drinking loads because I was like I can't deal with this emotion and then and then I was like I'm not having another one I don't even want to have sex anymore and then I was like I do actually I do and like it's it's, (laughs) shag me shag me come on (laughs) I just I can't I just it's it's, like any grief I I guess isn't it yeah it's like grief but I I didn't feel that it was warranted I was like how can I be this upset from a seven week pregnancy but it's not just that is it we know it's not just that and but but the thing was it's my sister is due the same time as me so we found out at the same time so what what it was for me when we found out was like this oh my gosh we're gonna have babies at the same time they're gonna be like she lives in New Zealand they're gonna be transatlantic twins and da, da, da. and then oh. it's like no not me okay and like my whole family just crumbled with us because we were both just like okay this is so so shit like mm. Claire my sister can't feel happy and excited because we're all feeling sad for me and then and then but yeah. when we do feel happy for her I feel shit because I'm like that's supposed to be me yeah. and when she found out what she was having I was like I'm so happy but oh I feel so shit <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's been this and I I think I'll be really happy when her baby arrives and I'll probably really be shit quite well. sad yeah yeah I'll, I'll I'll and she like my sister's amazing so she she totally understands that and she's been amazing but it it's gonna be I actually feel really sad 
thinking about it because I'll just be really sad Mm. but happy for her like how do you how do you even and it's I think it's the same for anyone that's lost a baby when another baby's born it's you just kind of yeah you just it's just such a mix of emotions and I Mm, think such a mix it's really hard to navigate past that and especially in the year we've just had yeah I, I don't know whether I would have I don't I think I might have been able to cope a little bit better Mm. um but I think last year was so hard for everybody and also everyone had their own problems yeah so you you couldn't you couldn't be like guys I've just been in hospital because everyone knew someone that has gone through something terrible so you almost kept things to yourself yeah I don't know about you guys but you just well I can't tell you don't have that that time to, to relax or go out or get shit faced or anything like that you're left with your own thoughts all the time yeah but also there's you know I think often we talk about this so much the feelings of for example pregnancy announcements and lots of people we're all kind of the same age right when we go through Mm. this stuff so obviously there's always going to be someone that you know someone that you're close to that is making a pregnancy announcement or having a baby and you feel so conflicted in your head and it's such a war in your in your thoughts because you feel shit and you feel happy but those mm. two emotions any two emotions can exist at the same time and it doesn't feeling like shit because of what you're going through it doesn't make you selfish and it doesn't make you wrong and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it just means that you're sad because your Mm. baby died and I think that is so important for people to realize who are going Mm. through all these multiple emotions yeah that's okay and it must be so hard to feel all these emotions and deal with them but Mm. open up about it you know we're all in this community we're all going through the same things and I think that sometimes it's really difficult to admit to feeling something that we don't want to feel with to, yeah. to yeah. feeling especially if you're you know about your sister or about your sister's baby or about a relative a friend whatever if it's someone that we love we don't want to admit to to feeling a bit jealous and a bit cross with them and and, and we yeah. think to ourselves that's not fair I shouldn't feel like this because I love that person but you can't help your feelings no. yeah and we've it, said before it's, sometimes it's easier to vent those sorts of feelings not to those people yeah especially if they haven't experienced loss yeah and instead vent to this sort of community Mm, um, because although we can sit here and say they're completely normal um they're acceptable feelings to have no one should have any judgment people do don't they Yeah. yeah yeah I feel like this, the, I, there was a time when it was really, really strong for me. And it was about six weeks after I'd lost the baby mm. and everyone had kind of moved on from it. And no yeah. one was, I was meeting up with people and no one was even mentioning it. So I was like, well, maybe I should just pretend that I'm really happy yeah. because no one's saying anything. So, but then I would be connecting with people through Instagram and Facebook. And I was like, thank God people get me. And and actually, I spent a lot of time. And even my husband was like, "Laurie, you on your phone." I was like, "No, I'm talking to people that get it. I'm talking to mm. people that are, understand." Because people in my my own life, my really close friends who haven't experienced baby loss, and that's not their fault, and I don't want them to go through it. 
but they mm. just didn't get it. No, they they were like, oh, and they can't, you're okay. Unless they've, unless they've and, been and through it. And they can't, it, and they? it's not their fault, but it's also like, it's very difficult. And I call, I kind of got to the point where I couldn't pretend anymore. So then I was stopped, I was stopped meeting up with people because I just thought yeah. I can't pretend. And I think that was probably the lowest point because then I had to start to go, you know what, I have to, to say to people, I'm really not feeling up to it. I'm still not really over everything yeah. and it's only so long counseling. To put that, that brave face on for isn't there yeah yeah I think I think in in a weird way the lockdown and not seeing people was helped in that respect because it's meant that I I just had to kind of get over it in my own way and, and spend time with myself mm. and maybe it's taken a longer time but I do actually feel like I'm gonna do some lasting kind of help for myself because I've had to really go to that yeah. bad place like I've I've gone and how there was and the counseling how did you get on yeah. with that yeah we did petals we um I contacted petals um charity and they gave us some couples one cool. so me and joe had um yeah had really good really good sessions a lot of crying a lot of talking about things that each other didn't realize and he was like well you feel like that and I was like yeah did not know he was like <laughs> no and, and like a lot of he would say things and I didn't realize so really we were having a conversation with each other but she was kind of manufacturing yeah. what we were saying and stuff which was so good because yeah. I think it was really hard for for Joe as well to like understand how I was feeling because I thought he'd forgotten about it six yeah. weeks in I was like really hormonal still which I didn't yeah. really su- surprise me as well I thought you know it was a short pregnancy I didn't realize that I would still feel so all over the place kind of quite quite a long time after mm. but and that's not good either because then you're trying to be happy and then one moment I threw a Diet Coke over his head which <laughs> was just so bad but I was so oh, angry we've all done it <laughs> And he was just like, what are you doing? I was like, well, like just kind of stormed off. And, I hate yeah, that. that was, the thing that is, was a low point. when you're really hormonal, you don't know that you are. And no. if anyone suggests that you are, Ooh. yeah, they want to watch out. I threw a mug <laughs> at my husband once. I, it wasn't after the miscarriage. It was just general day-to-day life. I remember being so angry, but so like hormonal. I just had the coil removed and my hormones were all over the place trying to set mm. the sort of stuff out. But I was convinced that it was because of something he'd done. And the poor guy just, you know, he's probably just breathed funny or something. <laughs> but they're so hormones like, they're, are scary. Hormones are scary. scary. They really they're are. so scary. Yeah. That is, it's, it's hormones. I, I've realized that. I actually need to control my hormones and I've actually started to see a homeopath because I've realized that they they're controlling me in a way that I'm mm. not even aware, aware of. of yeah. And yeah. I think that's that's what that's what's triggered it as well. I'm I'm starting to kind of look after myself a little bit more because yeah, it's just it's scary. Like they control us. They they make us do things that yeah. we don't know. And look, Laura, you what? say you're seeing a homeopath. Laura B, what yeah. do you think of that? probably a load of old shit I don't know (laughs) oh my gosh do you do you not like all that kind of alternative it's not that I don't like it I I am all about understand it stuff can I just say I'm a believer in science so if there's a science behind it then I'm open to it if and I'm a believer in natural stuff yeah Yeah. I I, can still be science behind natural stuff if there is science then I'm then I'm all for it but I think I we should. It. That should be the next one. The acupuncture po- podcast was so popular. Let's get a homeopath on. So, what does the homeopath do for you? 
so homeopathy is dealing with the symptoms of something rather than so say if you have a headache it would be what kind of headache and it would also be so what have you drunk that day what have you eaten that day how much sleep have you had so it's looking at the person rather than you know like when we go to doctors we get a paracetamol boom but we're all different and we all have different triggers for our headaches but so homeopath would look at everything so when I started to see a homeopath she wanted to know how I was born um what my periods are like what my sleep's like um what my mum's like like things like that so then she can get a, a kind of a good view of me and then treat me and it has really helped like and how do they it's treat regulated. you what, what does she give you so you have remedy it's remedies so it's oh. so her herbal remedies remedy. herbal. herbal yeah the homeopath before I got pregnant in July the I actually said to her that I would like to get pregnant and she gave me a remedy and one month later I got pregnant I I know that's really interesting because the only baby that I conceived without acupuncture because you know I said I don't get periods so when I yeah oh gosh you don't get periods at all not really no but I started I had one after I had Ruby who's my youngest and then yeah I had a random period and I was like oh my gosh without acupuncture and then I had and then I fell pregnant without acupuncture and that was the baby I lost and so I've got three um and I had acupuncture before each one of them yeah yeah but acupuncture I believe resets resets your body yeah so to get you prepared so with the IVF it my body was ready to receive something that was you know but maybe six months earlier I wouldn't have been able to I don't yeah. I don't know I to be honest I'm not a massive expert in it but I I do believe that it's helped me and well maybe you should uh, listen to yeah. podcast <laughs> <laughs> homeopathy is amazing as well but I do, I do get that it's a little bit more out there and it's not it's not for everybody but hey, each I think, their own yeah. it works for you yeah definitely yeah own. definitely as we said when we yeah. first opened this conversation don't be a dick <laughs> did we yeah no, but like, don't judge other people for what they believe in. No. You don't. You don't have to. Be, like, Laura, you don't judge me. Well, actually, you do. You call me mm-hmm. fairy all the time. In fact, there's barely oh, a day God. that you don't. You no, know the fairy, the emoji. fairy emoji. I'm always centering it. <laughs> <laughs> so, when Laura, yeah. when you had your ectopic pregnancy, what what was it the first time? Because the second time you it was picked up on the early scan, mm. wasn't it? But what happened the first time? What were your symptoms? So the first time I was bleeding. And I had already had my period. And then about two weeks later, I was bleeding, but it was light bleeding. And I had cramping and pain, but I didn't realise I was pregnant. I thought, okay, I'm just going to do a test. I was was pregnant, but I was bleeding. And there was a numbness over one side of of my wounds. I could kind of feel this numb, constant, dull ache. Um, that's when I went to the hospital and then they looked on the monitor. But I do believe that the the symptoms, um, you've yeah, you've got the pain there, sometimes pain in the shoulder. Your um, shoulder tip is actually right right shoulder, on the very tip of the shoulder. Very yeah, shoulder tip that. Yeah, it's I nice, didn't actually yeah. have that. I didn't actually have that, but I think obviously bleeding, but I think bleeding for any miscarriage is 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 a vital sign. Although I did bleed with, with my IVF pregnancy and, and yeah. that was absolutely fine so I do sometimes think you have to just kind of gauge it but I think the kind of the pain and the numbness is is definitely when you went to the hospital to have that scan did you sort of know what what they were going to say had you um, or anything like that 
No, I didn't even know what an ectopic pregnancy was at that point. Oh, wow, so when okay. they when they scanned, they they looked and they said, "Oh, we can't see anything in in the uterus." And, and they were like, "Are you sure you did the test?" And I was like, I, "I definitely did." And that's when they found um, it on the other side. And so I had to go into the hospital every day and get my blood levels checked. Mm-hmm. And they were going down, so the levels were going down, and I knew that it was kind of dying away the embryo was dying away but when it happened the second time I went into the hospital and they checked and the levels were rising so that meant that the embryo was growing which meant that's why I had to have a surgical procedure to take it out because it wasn't just bleeding away it was actually growing and and ectopic pregnancies are very very dangerous like you can rupture Mm -hmm. and and if you don't get it early enough I mean I was lucky I got it early enough if it gets to 12 weeks you could seriously you could mm. seriously, you could die. Like it, yeah. I had, it's um, very, very serious. I actually had no idea that you could have an epic, ectopic pregnancy and not have a tube removed. Mm. I thought ectopic yeah. pregnancy always meant that you had a tube removed. No, so there and were I three t- treatment options. There's the watch and wait, and it will self-resolve, um, which that's what happened with your first one, was it? Yeah. Uh, my yeah. second one, that was that it was that. Then there's also the medical management where you can have methotrexate um which basically just strips your body of any folic acid so it means that the it will stop the embryo from from growing but then you can't try to conceive for like three months afterwards I think for that reason because it would be dangerous to conceive again and then the third option is obviously the the surgery and we are Mm. we are tube twins aren't we Laura as well as name yeah yeah left and without a left tube and so (sighs) with that was is it are you more likely to have a second ectopic pregnancy if you have a first then or it was it just a freak or was your left one slightly wonky I I don't know whether this whole time I I mean like as in years ago my left tube has always been blocked who who knew I don't know mm-hmm. with the IVF we we didn't I I don't think they even explored that we just went straight in because I had a low AMH which meant I had a low amount of eggs so it kind of didn't affect the tubes so you, yeah I think you can kind of I think yeah with it going it just yeah gets gets rid of it really and but it was horrible they they, when they took me down they were like we don't know what we're gonna we're gonna take yeah so you still have your right tube yeah and have you thought about the future and things like that or or yeah I've I think we got a puppy so I'm thinking we're just gonna have a puppy and we're not gonna have another but I I I genuinely I'm I'm petrified of getting pregnant I I don't think I I just don't think I could do it I I don't know whether maybe I'll be in a better frame of mind in the coming months but when corona clears off yeah I think maybe like it was you know I start I'm starting to look back and think actually would I have coped being pregnant I I obviously I would have done but it's just it was how yeah, the thought of it that you that might be it, and you might not have another one. That's yeah. I, that feel I feel okay. I feel yeah. It feels okay. Good. I think going through what we've been through the last year, it may be yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy that we got our kind of miraculous first time mm. baby, and yeah. I mean, obviously, I would love to have more children. You know, I think it's amazing. I love being a mum. I'm one of four. I've got three sisters, so I absolutely want a sibling for for Rafe. But it's I don't know whether I'm willing to go through that again. I don't know whether I would have another ectopic. Would it happen again? And it's not it's not at any cost, right? 
yeah yeah I think it's it's mentally I don't know whether I would be able to cope I know Laura I know you've been through so many I don't know how you've kind of mentally mm. stayed there but right now I haven't as I speak <laughs> it's it, it's it's unbelievable isn't it but yeah I think at the, at the moment I'm very happy with with what we've got and I feel lucky that I've even got um, a child and that I've been able to experience pregnancy and childbirth and so Laura going back to the book if anyone would like to get their hands on it for um, their own robo baby or just for their children to make them more aware of of all these different ways of conceiving um where sh- where can they buy your book where should they go so um the to publishers <laughs> yeah don't go to yeah, Auckland on not, yeah don't go yeah <laughs> just watch out go to london like where you can cool get anything in london yeah <laughs> trust so me annoying. yeah um so the book is published by Owlet press so um they're on instagram but they've got a website and yeah failing that waterstones amazon um any bookshop really you can get it ordered into any bookshop um be, it'd be nice awesome. it's, a, it's a nice little read thank you uh, so much for coming on our podcast it's been amazing chat chatting to you oh, um, i've loved it i've loved good. it good and keep in touch won't you yeah we'll do thank you so much for having me oh absolute pleasure take care that's you soon bye, bye. bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams. And to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.